eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody, Shay Dixon, along in just a second. We are coming to you just off the news that LSU's latest top defensive coordinator target, Ryan Nielsen, the defensive line coach of the New Orleans Saints, is staying with the Saints. He gets a new three-year contract as well as an elevated title. He'll be the assistant head coach. Dan Campbell, uh, another Saints assistant who held that title, is off to be the head coach of the Lions. Uh, And so LSU will have to move on to another candidate down the line here uh, in this defensive coordinator search. Uh, Nielsen, who played for Coach O at USC, was the top target uh, as of late. Uh, things were moving towards a deal. They hit a snag in the contract language that the Saints used to keep him in New Orleans and then use that to give him a new title uh, contract and and probably a lot more money. Uh, Shea Dixon with me now. And Shea, what's your initial reaction to this as LSU will not have to go back to the drawing board, but just continue to work through this process, uh, trying to look for a new defensive coordinator to replace Bo Pelini? reaction from fans is certainly, uh, oh man, we missed another uh, and another strikeout on the DC search. Why do people not want to come here? What's the issue? And uh, I think if you step back and look at it, we talked about this on the board with uh, the good we're seven subscribers and, and we've been debating that throughout uh, the day on Tuesday, but when everything started, we knew that they had through back channels, which is always what happens first in these uh, coordinator searches, and, and let's use that for an example because that's what we're talking about. Uh, you reach out to guys through these back channels to find out who might have some interest, and you're usually starting with guys that you know are probably going to say no or that you know are set up um, recently with a new contract or something like that. And guys like Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, Barry Odom, who had gotten a new contract and didn't push for, for by Texas, guys like that can fit into that uh, scope. So when they got into the round of interviews, guys, look, they have interest. They'd be willing to leave their job. Uh, They come down for an in-person interview. Uh, Everybody said, start with Marcus Freeman at Cincinnati. He was a Broyles Award finalist. He was the hot name out there at, uh, you know, 35, 36 years old, uh, an up-and-coming D.C. with aspirations of being a head coach and uh, certainly fit the bill of what Orgeron was looking for. And, And even sources we spoke to said Orgeron loved him. The interview went great, but Uh, ultimately Freeman said, uh, look, I've got parents who are older. My family's already in the Midwest from living in Cincinnati, uh, going to Notre Dame as the DC, which was his other big interview. 
uh, or at least other team he really looked hard at beyond LSU, it all made sense. And fans said, okay, I, I get that. And uh, we'll move on to Zach Arnett and Mississippi State DC. Similar, right? He's a mid-30s guy. Uh, he had had success at the lower level as a DC at San Diego State. Now he's been in the SEC uh, in Starkville. They bring him in for an interview. They bring He brings his wife, just like Freeman did. They take it uh, obviously pretty seriously. And ultimately, uh, we get word from uh, LSU side that it just didn't seem like it would be a fit. Uh, and they want to continue doing interviews. And that led us to Ryan Nielsen. And look, um, we got word midway through last week, and, and it became reported by others, that uh, Nielsen was emerging as a, a top candidate. And the Saints were certainly keeping – or they were keeping an eye on when the Saints would – ultimately be out of the playoffs, meaning when they could start to make a move on a potential hire and the Saints season ended, what, Sunday evening? By Monday morning, there were reports out of New Orleans that Ryan Nielsen had already told Sean Payton that he planned to take the D.C. job at LSU. And then from there, as you alluded, they got into all of these kind of back and forth through agents and and certainly uh, lawyers over the contract and what the language said about him leaving for a college job. And uh, in that span of time, as you noted, uh, Dan Campbell, another assistant, gets a head coaching job. Uh, that allowed him to give more responsibility to Nielsen and ultimately Nielsen staying put with the Saints and not much else you can do on that end. Uh, so do you feel like long-winded uh, story there? I feel like sometimes like Mike Dettelier, I just talked for a whole hour, but I, I wanted to kind of lay it out, Billy, in the sense that LSU fans have wanted them to go after top guys and, and guys that they felt, you know, could really uh, bulk up uh, this defense. And all three of these guys, certainly for most fans, fit the bill. And for a handful of different reasons, it didn't work out with two guys who, who chose it, you know, for very different reasons, with Freeman and Nielsen. And then with Arnett, they didn't see a fit. So that's what these interviews are about. And I think that with only a few open spots left in the signing class, you don't need a DC to be able to close um, you know, even and if look, February 3rd is signing day, they're going to save a spot or more for a transfer. Most likely, you're only looking at a guy or two. Orgeron can help close that out with the rest of the staff. And all of the seniors and every underclassmen have already uh, declared to stay or go in the NFL draft. So you're in football school right now. Guys are back working out. Uh, take your time, find the right fit. Just because it wasn't these three guys doesn't mean there isn't a good DC out there that can help you. and and certainly get this defense back on track. And my two cents would be, Billy, yes, it it stings that you spent a few weeks searching and haven't found your guy. And in that time, other guys have been hired and maybe a guy or two in that mix um, would have been a guy that you liked. But and that's just what comes with the search. And, and yes, they've come up on the wrong end of it a few times now, but I don't think it'll be long until we find somebody, or excuse me, LSU does, um, that they feel is a fit and that, that Orgeron thinks can run the defense and, and then we'll judge the hire from there. I don't think we should freak out too much about the process and certainly what becomes public with it. Right. I think you make a great point in terms of judging the hire after the fact. Okay. I think that's, that's my number one uh, overall takeaway from all of this. I mean, you can melt about how public it's been and, and take issue with that uh, in terms of some of these guys interviewing, but look, there's, probably been guys they've reached out to like a Jim Leonard or others around the country that, you know, probably just never went down the road uh, with LSU. And so it, it's a weird process to finding a, a, a person to lead uh, a side of the ball. And sometimes uh, it works out great. Like the offensive side did for LSU. It was 
clean cut uh, and went quickly, but they're having issues just finding the right fit and a, a guy to take over this defense. And so, but that doesn't take away the fact that somehow they could come away with a good hire at the end of the day. We'll see if that's the case. Uh, I think with Ryan Nielsen, this just ended up being, you know, you had the contract situation where the language at least gave the Saints a chance to say, hey, wait a second, you know, we can block you on this because of the language in the contract. And then they went back at him and said, look, here's your new deal. Here's your elevated title. Dan Campbell picked up a head coaching job with this title. Uh, wasn't the defensive play caller. And so you can continue to progress your career uh, and not have to, you know, change jobs or not have to, you know, move maybe to Baton Rouge or, or what have you. And Ryan Nielsen's still young and, uh, and he just opted, you know, to go ahead and, and not fight uh, for this defensive coordinator job, whether it be through lawyers or what have you. And so this moved pretty quickly. And now LSU can get back to their search because in reality, and with how quickly the Ryan Nielsen kind of uh, overtures kind of came out, you can tell that it was probably being worked through the back channels of agents and things like that and, and LSU officials. And then they get to Monday and, you know, it all came out that, of course, he was a top candidate. Uh, Ed Ogeron had kind of said that on the radio that it was, you know, a deal where they were waiting on, on him uh, or, or at least, you know, somebody in the NFL to open up. It was clear that it was Ryan Nielsen. And then, 24 hours later, he's off the board and staying with the Saints. So they didn't exactly waste a ton of time in this uh, situation. I mean, they did wait for him to, to get through the playoffs before you know trying to finalize a deal and all of that. But uh, at the end of the day, you've got to find a, a coordinator that uh, can connect with the players. Ed Ogeron, I think, thought probably all three of these guys that they've at least publicly interviewed um, would do a good job. Now it's on to finding another one who that's going to be. I don't have the slightest idea just yet. I think for Ed Ogeron, it's going to be uh, probably best if, if this is again, kind of, uh, I think quietly put together. I think they felt like Ryan Nielsen was going to end up being the guy. And that's why it came out pretty quickly. That that's why uh, it was trending at least, you know, from other people reporting that, you know, a deal was being finalized, which you could say is true. And, and then, you know, the the actual nitty gritty of it just didn't work out. And so uh, I think for LSU now, you got to just get back to work. Uh, they've had some good candidates come through. They, they now have to find another one uh, that works out for the future of this defense. I think it's the end of the world at all. And I think that they can find a good hire. Uh, and Billy, I, I would ask you if you share the same, because I spoke for myself, that timing is not an issue here. And I don't care if that means weeks. I think that the hire is by far the biggest thing uh, in terms of importance. Absolutely. I don't think they need to be in a rush uh, to, to get a coordinator in here that uh, might not fit or might not be qualified or what have you just for the sake of hiring someone. Uh, they're going to work all the channels, whether it's agents or whether it's other candidates that might express interest, maybe looking for a change now that there's you know, another uh, chance for people to interview in, in this spot. Uh, so, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to do your best to find the right fit and you, and how you get there and how you, you know, go through the process of finding that fit isn't always clean. It's coaches, it's agents, it's a lot of money, new contracts, all of that stuff is, that's why the coaching carousel is so wild. And 
But at the end of the day, you can come moving cities, moving families, moving, you know, yeah, there's always something. It it always, there's always something, but that doesn't mean you can't go out and find a good fit. I think there's, you know, plenty of candidates that, you know, you and I could probably come up with that on the outside. We could say, Hey, you know, young up and comer, solid recruiter, coach the four, three, or has been multiple or has, you know, some ties to Louisiana or whatever that would look good on the surface. But then once they get them in for the interview, as we saw with Zach Arnett, it might not be a fit. And that's, again, I I think you lose sight of it maybe with how this search has gone because it hasn't been perfect by any means, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean you can't judge the, the actual hire and either come away saying, Hey, this is a great fit. This could be good. Or you could, you know, on the flip side, you could hate it. Um, and, and we'll have to see how it all plays out just in terms of, you know, what that coordinator, whoever gets end up, ends up getting hired, uh, turns out to be at LSU. I'm interested to see. I think absolutely you can there, there are coordinators out there that you can hire that will be a good fit. Many people thought Pliny was a good fit. It didn't work out. I think that get your coordinator in, get these two other hires made, get a spring ball under your belt, which was something they didn't have, get a normal summer under your belt. And I think regardless, this defense will be better than it was a year ago. Just go find someone that you trust, not only can run this defense, but that also gels with this team and you'll be in a good spot. Agreed. It's going to be, I'm sure it'll be interesting as it has been this whole search. And we'll continue to monitor it, guys, on Go247. We've been you know, we've also been kind of conservative in calling things finalized. You know, we, we said, hey, look, you know, they're close on Ryan Nielsen. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, hold the phone. This isn't done yet. Uh, and so we'll continue to give you guys that play by play in our takes. And uh, certainly as we get some candidates, uh, we will pass them along. As I told one of the subscribers on the board, I'm not so sure you guys want us to pass along a candidate right now, though, uh, the way some of these have gone. Uh, but we will do. Uh, of course, our subscribers uh, uh, the right way by by passing along all the info on the defense coordinator search and and potential other hires uh, that we can. Uh, and quick reminder, guys, to check us out uh, for just a dollar to start off your first month of subscribing to Go Twenty Four Seven. We've had a ton of people jumping on with that, just looking for news on the defensive coordinator search. So, speaking of new hires, LSU brought back a familiar face. We'll touch on that hire as well as. Uh, Some big news on the roster as the NFL deadline to declare for the NFL draft has passed. We'll break it all down on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks so much, guys, for being with us and listening. A quick reminder to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Shay, let's uh, touch on some more staff news, and that is uh, Georgie Munoz is back on staff as a, one of the top analysts on the offensive side of the ball. Steve Ensminger, Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, so much of that 2019 offense credited him uh, with a lot of the work behind the scenes and getting that offense together and on the same page uh, like Joe Brady and Steve Ensminger had it. Uh, he was at the Heisman Trophy presentation with Joe Burrow. Now, after a year at Baylor, he is back on staff at LSU, and Ed Ogeron confirmed that with our friends over at Off the Bench on 104.5 ESPN Tuesday morning. Yeah, and I caught up with Munoz briefly on uh, on Tuesday, and, and he said his family was excited to get back. They'd spent a year in Waco at Baylor working on Dave Aranda's staff. He was passing coordinator there. He's back as an offensive analyst, but as Orgeron said on Off the Bench, and, and we've really known from – uh, how people like Insminger and Joe Brady and Burrow and Orgeron have all spoken about Munoz during his time here, certainly in 2019, uh, when you look at the impact he had on really behind the scenes uh, with that national championship team, he was often referenced um, by all four of them uh, as someone who did a lot of the prep, the, uh, whether it was first and second down stuff or uh, when you get into different down and distance situations, uh, that were key. Burrow talked a lot about third downs and how much Munoz helped prepare there uh, and really made him one of the best in those spots. And uh, there's a, you mentioned the Heisman. There's a, um, I guess, a popular story for Munoz when uh, they all went up there, LSU, to, you know, to get ready to go to the Heisman and get everything lined up. And uh, Burrow asked and said, well, what all coaches are going to, uh, to be up there, be in the stands. And they said, of course, Wars are on. And then Innsmere, uh will be there and, and Joe Brady as well. And and he said, I want George Munoz there. He was just as important to my uh, progress and my success and this team's success on offense as, uh, as the rest of the guys. And, and that's sort of how Burrow always felt about things. Uh, I know he's held in high regard by a lot of people around LSU, Orgeron included. So not a shock to see him back. Uh, Orgeron even noted, and we saw it in 2019, he was big with uh, game management stuff and you know how you handle the clock in the two-minute drill and and all those different things. So as Orgeron goes to recreate that 2019 offense and more offensive philosophy and play calls than certainly personnel, right? They don't, they're getting those guys back. But uh, as he goes to, to recapture a bit of that, he went to Joe Brady and asked for his opinion on, on an OC hire and, and certainly passing game. And, and he got two of his right-hand men from Carolina. And now he goes and gets George Munoz, who, as I noted, was was talk, spoken so highly of by everybody uh, as to what he did behind the scenes in that 2019 offense. And uh, for me, it's evident that when Orgeron said he wanted his 2019 offense back, that's what he's going and looking for in, in sort of the post-Insmere era. And as Miles Brennan, Max Johnson, TJ Finley, and eventually Garrett Nussmeyer get into this uh, next season, you know that game management that you mentioned from Georgie Munoz will be key in just their overall development uh, you 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 have Russ Callaway who's still on staff as an analyst. Uh, this this uh, this analyst group is very strong and and look the offensive staff. I mean, is at this point they're they're probably just you know gelling getting getting to the point of gelling with Jake Peets and and DJ Mangus of course as as you know Mangus returns and Peets gets his feet wet in Baton Rouge. Uh, but they've got a lot of coaching talent on that side of the ball right now. Uh, things are in good shape looking forward on that side. And I, I want to pass along just a note here. Uh, I was talking with an agent that I know and uh, about Jake Peets. And as 
I kind of mentioned this as, as well as the offensive coordinator and passing game coordinator search went for LSU and the defense coordinator search is a whole nother story. But the feel I got was just how impressed Jake Peets, DJ Mangus, and, and just that whole side of things was impressed with how LSU handled the search. And from Ed Ogeron to Scott Woodward to everybody else involved, even, you know, Ed Ogeron's secretary got, got a shout out uh, from, from uh, the agent I was talking with. Just they were just thrilled with the way it was handled. So like I said earlier in the pod, you can go from, you know, having something go really, really well on all fronts. Uh, like the offensive searches went uh, and just the defensive search hasn't worked out. So um, did want to pass along that note, just, you know, Jake Peets and, and DJ Mangus thrilled to be back in, in Baton Rouge. So Shay, we, we can kind of move on from that. And and one piece for that offensive side of the ball is the entire offensive line returning. Dare Rosenthal was the last piece uh, to announce his return to LSU. Uh, he did so as the deadline for the NFL draft passed on uh, Monday and that means LSU gets 20 of 22 starters back, really, uh, off of this 2020 team. And that's big uh, for the offense side of the ball. It's big for the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this team has a lot of experience returning, and, and there will be some teams around the SEC that can say the same. But for LSU, despite as up and down and mostly kind of down the 2020 season was, uh, that is very important to note when you're looking at projecting how this team can play in 2021. Absolutely. And the biggest thing is they were in a real roster kind of crisis of sorts. Look, you could have 85 people on scholarship. LSU is playing and beating at the end of the year, Florida and Ole Miss with 50 something scholarship players. And that comes as a result of now over the span of a year, the end of that 2019 Natty team to, to through 2020. And, and now the dust has settled on who's going to be on the team next year. You've lost more than 30 guys. And uh, that's tough uh, to crawl back out of those scholarship numbers. And you can only add 25 guys a year in your signing class. So uh, even then you're shorthanded. Well, how do they build it back up? A saving grace happened for LSU. And and look, the the pandemic and everything came with it didn't help. It didn't do LSU any favors. They you know didn't have an offseason. Uh, the D.C. cert, you know, higher uh, didn't pan out. A lot of people think an offseason would have at least helped there. The defense looked terrible. Uh, for much of the season, uh, and then you work through a number of opt-outs and everything that came with that. So there was negative, but the positive is it may save them now moving forward as Orgeron tries to rebound from uh, what became, what, a five-and-five five season. You look at 2021, and the guys who have now announced they're coming back, Austin Deculus uh, is a senior. I'm going to go through the seniors. Uh, Liam Shanahan. Um, Andre Anthony at defensive end, Glenn Logan, Neil Farrell along the defensive line. Uh, and that's just the start of it. There's more. John Trey Kirkland, uh, Dre Jenkins, uh, Jenkins is actually a junior. So John Trey. Uh, but I think they got close to seven, eight, nine seniors who are coming back. And they're allowed to because the NCAA, because of COVID in 2020, uh, didn't dock anyone a year of eligibility. So normally those guys would have had to have been gone from the roster. You're not making up those numbers. LSU not only gets to save those numbers, but save them with starters. And uh, so many of those guys being in the trenches, some of the most important positions on the entire field. So when I look at LSU's roster um, issues and keeping guys and recruiting them to stay, the draft prospects are gone. The Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, you know, uh, Tyler Shelvin, Kerry Vincent, um, Jacoby Stevens, guys that are thought of to be okay. Jabril Cox. These are the guys that might be your, five or six top picks off that 2020 team. Well, 
most of them opted out before the season began to turn pro. Stevens and and McMath and and obviously Jabril stuck it out and and then turned pro. But those are the guys you were always expecting to, anyways. Keeping the Dare Rosenthal's, Ed Ingram's, Jason Hines, uh, guys along the defensive line, Ali Gay, uh, guys who were on the offensive and defensive line who were draft eligible and, and certainly could have gone uh, but chose not to. Uh, those are the big wins. And then getting the seniors back uh, who certainly could have turned pro uh, were big wins. So in terms of saving not just the 2021 season and being better there, but rebuilding this roster, it was a massive win for O. Uh, to not only have 20 of 22 starters back, but ultimately after the no-brainers of Jamar and Terrace and that whole crop, that it was only Jacoby and Jabril and Race McMath who uh, decided to go to the NFL draft. No transfers right now, everybody else returning. So they went through a lot of waves, including the Eric Gilbert at, at the end. But uh, they've steadied themselves, certainly, and, and it looks like they're moving into a right direction in terms of building the, the numbers back up. Yeah. And, and like you said, and not only just building the numbers back up, allowing some of these younger players that have bright futures to develop. And you go, you look at, you know, certain position groups uh, like, like defensive line, for example, Jaqueline Roy, Jacqueline, uh, Jacoby and Guillory, excuse me. Uh, now you've got Mason Smith on campus, Landon Jackson, who's recovering from injury, Eric Taylor, uh, Desmond Little, uh, BJ Ojolari played a ton, uh, but having all of these guys back, just allows them more time. You look at the offensive line with Marcus Dumerville, Marlon Martinez, Thomas Perry, Cardell Thomas, Anthony Bradford, uh, Xavier Hill, Cam Wire even, who played and played well when he got opportunities to in 2020. Uh, and then you add Garrett Dellinger and Kimo Nioli, at least in the, in the younger class. That allows them more time to develop. So there's a couple position groups that because of these guys returning and playing out, their 2021 seasons at LSU, this group and this team just overall is going to be allowed to develop how it properly should at certain spots. Uh, and that's big and that's underrated in all of this. And then you get back to it in terms of recruiting for the 2022 class, which is deep in Louisiana, especially, uh, and, and certainly uh, is one of the best classes right now in 2022 and, and should really finish well uh, for the most part. And, and, Honestly, it's a class that could be very, very Louisiana heavy. And you just keep building those scholarship numbers back up if you're LSU. And uh, that, you know, that starts with getting pretty much all of the ones that you could save from the NFL draft back on campus. They did a great job of that. Uh, that big credit to Ed Ogeron and his staff for doing that. Uh, and speaking of kind of the recruiting side of things, Shay, let's quick take here down the stretch. For the 2021 class, National Signing Day coming up in just a couple of weeks, really, uh, two weeks to go uh, on Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, as we're recording this. Where do things stand here? Because you've got some key targets still out there. They want to hold a spot for a transfer. Uh, where, where are things at right now in your mind uh, in a class where they probably could be okay just honestly? not even taking anyone as crazy as that seems and just having spots for transfers. And I don't think it's a bad proposition, right? I mean, you, you want at least, you have three spots. You want at least one for a transfer. And I would say that because the NCAA is allowing a one-time free transfer. Don't have to sit out. Doesn't matter your age. 
that's expected to be pushed through um, this offseason. And it comes as a result of the pandemic and everything that came with it. So because of that, I want to see what's out there. I don't know what it is yet, but it's intriguing to me that potentially guys that are really good from teams could say, I want to change the scenery. I want to go play for a better team. I want a better fit. Whatever it might be, <clears throat> there's no penalty. You can just play. I'll transfer one time and I get to play immediately. I would hold at least one spot. I might be twisting my arm, you know, getting twisting whoever's arm coach chose to say hold two spots and because there could be more out there than what you see left and what's left. Jordan Moko, the number one Juco offensive tackle, go for him. If you get him, great. You're in his final few teams. If not, that's all right. You may have a spot for a transfer. O-line is certainly something you've been looking at, but you've got five, all five of your starters now back. It's not as dire straits as it could have been uh, previously. Well, what else is out there? Brian Thomas jumps out, the number one receiver in Louisiana, the highest remaining unsigned guy in Louisiana, and certainly a national receiver prospect. I'm pushing for him. I'll take him. I don't care how many receivers have already signed in this class. If I'm LSU, you don't turn away a Brian Thomas. So if he wants in, great. If not, you can use a spot on something else. I know that Dante Balfour has been mentioned as a potential corner. Orgeron has said that they would look at safeties in the transfer market. We've talked about O-line. Linebacker was a spot, even with Navon Tech Strong signing uh, in December as a JUCO number one middle linebacker. They did lose Jabril Cox to the draft, so do they want to maybe feel out an outside linebacker type if if you look at Strong as maybe a middle guy or, or you know you've got Damone Clark and Baskerville back there and you don't know how you're rotating it. So uh, And also Ray Thornton transferring to Texas. So they do have an outside linebacker if you're running a three, you know, four, three that they could address. But uh, I'd be curious, Billy. I, I think Brian Thomas, Jordan Moko, those names make complete sense to me. If you want another corner, uh, Balfour is the highest ranked uncommitted corner out there, certainly viewed as the most talented. I get all that. But I'm trying to come away from this final stretch with at least one chip, at least one scholarship uh, that I can spend in the offseason because there will be talented guys out there. You don't know who, but uh, we've seen it before with Joe Burrow. And, and I'm not saying they can go find a Joe Burrow, but you can get a playmaker if you've got the patience for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you 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 don't want to reach. And I, I think that's key in, in looking at this down the stretch. Brian Thomas Jr. would be a great land. Dante Balfour would, you know, certainly shore up the corner room. Uh, you, you've got some of those offensive linemen out there that we mentioned. I think this is a great year to play it pretty low key and not not reach. I mean, if anything, that's really important. And it's it's kind of funny, you know, we we've talked about, you know, the last guy in for the class and you you've done a story on it before but the last guy in uh, out of louisiana has gone on to be one of those great tigers and and make a ton of money in the nfl uh and right now i mean it could be brian thomas but it, he would kind of be that like lowest rank he wouldn't be that lowest rank type and you know kind of sleeper down the stretch that we're, we're certainly kind of used to um so lsu i mean look i think you know you look at a top five class right now for, for the staff that they put together in a, in a pandemic. They certainly had their, you know, lumps, you know, with Tristan Lee and some of those other top targets going elsewhere, but they closed on Mason Smith. They got him on campus. He's getting ready for his uh, freshman season already, which you've got to love if you're LSU. Uh, he looks the part, uh, did a great job dropping weight uh, over the course of the summer and into his senior year. And then you've closed with Bryce Langston, Demarius McGee, 
uh, Malik Neighbors and Kimo Macchianole, who, who committed on New Year's Eve uh, and, and right at the stroke of midnight, really. And uh, you, you've got to be feeling good as far as momentum in the 2021 class. And oh, by the way, as a little appetizer for uh, National Signing Day, Will Campbell, who's the number one uh, prospect in Louisiana on the 24-7 sports composite, I believe, uh, is or, or, or might be on 24-7 sports. Uh, him and Walker Howard going to go head-to-head really for that number one spot. Uh, yeah, he, Will Campbell, uh, our number one prospect in Louisiana here at 24-7 sports in the 2022 class is set to announce his decision on January 30th. Things are looking good there for LSU. So heading into the spring, they might very well start to really have the momentum uh, that that everyone's been clamoring for since the national championship. Done is be built in Louisiana, at least to start. It's a really good looking crop next year, deep with five and four star guys deeper than I think this past cycle was, which had some really good talent. You know, they went and found the Langlois and the Jack Deshes and guys like that as senior evals. So uh, we'll see more and more guys emerge. They've handed out a ton of offers. I think they want to start at home uh, by building around this group of Louisiana guys, Walker Howard and uh, Will Campbell, obviously the two highest ranked guys, but uh, there's so many of them from Jacoby Matthews at Ponchatoula to uh, guys in the northern part of the state out of New Orleans. It's a good looking class. I like LSU's strategy of not only make sure these guys are all kind of hanging out that are friends that you can recruit them that they want to stay home uh, but more so than anything I think it speaks to a way to rebuild your roster it's something Orgeron's talked about I've talked about it plenty on this show and and on the board but the guys who are playing or have to wait their turn or, or whatever it might be right you can only play 11 guys and who can start your other guys who aren't starting have to wait and guys who are not from Louisiana wait a lot less uh, time you know they're they're more quick to say I'm going to enter the transfer portal and go back home, or I'm going to go try to find a smaller spot to go play at or whatever it might be. You don't see that as often from Louisiana guys. I think if you're taking the best from here, you're making your evals right. Uh, you can rebuild this roster in just a couple quick years and, uh, and be moving in the right direction. So Will Campbell would be a big one. Uh, Lael Collins, Cody Ford. I can't name you many uh, elite offensive tackles out of Louisiana to be holding down jobs in the NFL in recent years. Obviously, we see a 40-year-old Andrew Whitworth still out there, but uh, Will Campbell, boy, out of Neville's a good one, and it's a must-have for LSU, in my opinion, an absolute must-get. No question. He's as must-get as it gets in the 2022 class. That was just a little bit of a teaser on the 2022 class for you guys that we kind of spiraled into there. But look, we have tons of time to talk about 2022. Might be a good time to just devote a whole pod to that, especially in the state of Louisiana. We'll do that for you guys here. Uh, right ahead of Will Camel's decision. Uh, so look for that down the pipeline. Until next time, though, we're going to continue to go back to uh, working on this defensive coordinator search, trying to dig up some tidbits for you guys on go247.com. Shady, thanks for joining us on the pod. Everyone out there, yep, hope, yep, yep. hope everybody has a great rest of the week. And uh, again, just uh, take a deep breath. It's uh, You judge the hire after it. Uh, on the defensive coordinator front, uh, it doesn't matter as much how you get there. And in, in reality, uh, we'll continue to be monitoring that on Go 24-7. Until next time, guys, thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. 
For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.